always had a passion for the youth um, and wanted to work with children. But my biggest thing is actually seeing um, the growth and the most challenging students who had to be challenging behavior. Because that was one thing I had a strength with was behaviors. Like a lot of teachers used to um, bring their students who had behaviors to me. And I was able to connect with those students because it's all about knowing the students. They say this child is flipping out, they're angry, oh, he's this, he's that, but do you know why this child is acting this way? You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back with another episode of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. Wow, it's been a while, man. Uh, I like to welcome back myself. I think it's been like two months, Lance. Uh, we, we, we did some load management, if you will, you know, like they do in the NBA, but it's playoff time, so it's time to come back. But I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm here with one of the homies, class of 2012, uh, Shanae. What's up? How you feeling? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a, 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 a sunny, rainy Thursday in, in, the, uh, in the QC, you know, but I'm good. Happy to have you here. Um, you all dressed up. Where you coming from? Work. I have to dress up. <laughs> so you back in, you back into the building? Yes, we um, we never left out the building. Um, actually, my students just last day was Friday, and then my staff's last day was yesterday. So I still have to work all summer. So you say students? So you're like in like education? Yes. So I work for Head Start. Okay. So that's three, four, and five year olds. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, my school that I work at, we had a graduation today. So it's, you know, it's bittersweet. You. Happy that they got to the finish line, mm-hmm. but you're like back. Like, what school are you at? I'm at West Mac. Okay. Yeah, the best Mac. How long have you been at West Mac? Seven years. But it's about you. It ain't about me. Today. I know. I just had to ask I'm that question. I'm messing with you. I'm messing Smart. with you. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, um, we back outside now. Some people got mask on. Some people got their mask off. Like, like talk a little bit about you know how you feel about this whole thing right now. Like, are you feeling comfortable being back around people, out and about, stuff like that? Like, talk me through all that. Um, I'm not gonna say I feel comfortable because I still wear my mask no matter what because people can say they got the vac- you know, the vaccination, but you don't know. They're not gonna sit there and show you their card. Right. Um, but I just make sure I keep my mask on. And then, like I said, I was in session this entire time during the pandemic. So we had our students come in and out. So we had to do temperature checks every day. Mm-hmm. And I had to t- check my staff temperatures every day to check mine in and out. So I was used to the um, yeah. situation. So it wasn't, it's not too bad to me. I think just got to continue to be safe. It's funny going back to you like, I mean, you got like real business casual clothes on. Like you see these commercials <laughs> now, like people have to put back on real clothes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's really like neck up on the internet, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or on Zoom or whatever, you know? Right. But um yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that, you know, we back. It's it's some sort of normalcy, right? Like you, you know, movie theater, restaurant, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, so um let me ask you some questions just to get us going. Okay. So music wise, what are you listening to right now? Anything. I, anything? Yeah. So don't laugh at me. People. <laughs> they say I got an old soul. I like the older music. Like, I don't even know what new music's out right now. That's Now, when you say older, like, give us an era. Well, I ain't going to say older, older, like, Troop. And if I, like, if I go to Pandora, I listen to Troop Station. Okay. So I like that feel-good music. Yeah. Uh, I will say, like, I put on some old, like, 90s R&B the other day. Yeah. And it's just a vibe. And 
I always say, like, they don't make it like this no more. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I listen to at work. I listen to my jazz at work, or I listen to the 90s. Okay. Or that's all I play. All right, TV shows. What you watching on TV right now? I don't watch TV shows too much. Okay, the last TV show <laughs> you was into, what was it? Um, I actually just start watching that new, um, it's on Netflix. Was it Mike Epps' new? Upshaws. Upshaws. That's, that's a, a new show, but she don't watch TV. Show. You heard of Lance. But only watched it because it's on Netflix. Absolutely. And my mother wanted to watch it. Other than that, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Okay, okay. Um, last best meal that you um, <laughs> ate that you didn't cook? When I was in Florida for my one of my classes, I had um, ate at this restaurant on the beach, and it was some great salmon. Okay, it was good. It was delicious. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with the versus battles? Yes. Who was your favorite versus battle and why? <sighs> I will say Snoop and DMX was my favorite. Just the vibe, mm -hmm. everything, the energy was dope. But I love Monica. So I really like the Monica and Brandy versus. Rest in peace to X. I'm glad yeah. he got to do that before yeah. his, you know, his passing, obviously. But I went into that battle like, oh, Uncle Snoop got this. <laughs> Snoop started out like scorching. And X came with that heat. And I was like, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, but Brandy and Monica John was probably top three, top five classic. Yeah. I I just enjoyed this recent one with uh Swiss and Tim. They did like a rematch. I was gonna say I watched that one. I did watch that. So do you think, because I think, but do you think uh that's like a preview of what's to come, how they did it in front of a crowd like that. You know, like, because obviously, like, we're not in the house like that no more, so artists can go back out and do their thing. Right. But, like, because obviously they signed this Triller deal, and mm -hmm. do you think, like, the way they did their rematch is what's to come, or that was just, like, a, a one-off? I think that's probably just to see how it would be. Mm -hmm. I think they are trying to prepare for that. I thought they were going to bring out people, honestly. Me too. I just was expecting that because when they started it. Yeah. And I'm like, other people brought out other artists. I was like, I knew they was going to bring out somebody. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, nah. And you see Buster Rhymes, like he wanted to get on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do a versus yet, did he? He, did he? I think he'll be good for like a, a Buster no, and Friends or something like that. I don't know if he got 20. Yeah, I don't think he did one, but he was in a, you know, he was in a crowd all hype yeah, when they was playing his song. So I'm like, man, like I'm not gonna lie, like I remember when they was just when they did the very first one and like they got in their Beyonce bag, then they got in their Jay Z bag, mm -hmm. then they got. And I'm like, yo, these dudes got like some stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. The I Jeezy didn't... one was dope too, though. Who? Jeezy. Oh yeah, yeah, Jeezy. That, yeah, one that was, was a good you know, one. I had my <laughs> I had my protection on, and I was at the house. I was nervous at the house. <laughs> But I'm glad that they was able to do that for the culture, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, those are good ones. Um, Wait, did you like did you like the Escape one? Escape SWV? It was a little dry for me. So it, you stopped watching it at the beginning, like I did. Else. I I heard it got better. I, it did. You okay? You can't lie. It was dry. It was very dry. They was on some like. Oh, we over here, y'all over there. You know, female stuff, you know. But no, I think it was the way they had it set up, too, though. They had them so far apart. Yeah. And you see, they were trying to get closer. Yeah, yeah, But I will say it was dry at the beginning, but towards the end, it definitely... SWB got comfortable with their tennis shoes and trying mm -hmm. to show out, so I think it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's how it is, you know, but I thought it definitely started out dry. <laughs> um, one that I had to recently go back and rewatch is, like, the Isley Brothers, Earth, Wind, and Fire joint. That was good, too. Five. Straight vibe. Um, okay. So let's talk beginnings. Where are you from? 
you know, all that stuff. Where you, where, so where'd you grow up? Where you from? So I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Steelers, of course. That's a team? Don't play with me. Okay, my fault. You, you know who the Steelers are. I'm going to Google that. Yeah, I'm Google don't. While you talk. Just don't pop up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I moved to Charlotte, was it 2009, I believe? Mm-hmm. I believe that's when I transferred to Johnson C. Smith. So I transferred schools. Johnson C. Smith. Yes. Where'd you transfer from? Clarion. Uh, Clearing University in Pennsylvania. So how'd you hear about Smith up there? Honestly, my sister graduated from Virginia State University, so mm -hmm. she came straight here from college. So I was not happy back at home at Clearing. I was like, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah. Didn't like it. A lot of home things wasn't okay. So I was like, I just need to move. So I literally just, she was like, well, try John C. Smith. So I came down here with nothing mm. yep. and just applied and I got in. It did. Knocked me back down though, because I was about to graduate. Wow. When I transferred school. Like, you was a senior like, at other school? I was going into a senior. Oh, you tripping. But I just was not happy. I feel and you. things just wasn't feeling feel right you. for me. So they knocked me back down to second semester sophomore when I transferred to Smith. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Second semester sophomore? So I had to start like. Yeah, I think I remember over. you coming through the admissions office. Yeah. I was still working there then that time. Because who was the other guy with you? Um, um, Bidicus and Gil. I remember dark skin. Gil. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. I remember y'all too. But yeah, I was Good. like, shout out to Gil, man. He doing his thing. Yeah, so it had me start all over. It was worth it, but it had me start all over. What'd you study at uh, Smith? I said again, what I study? Yeah, elementary major. education. Which is crazy because that major no longer exists anymore. At all. Yeah, man. Yeah. When the last time you've been on campus? I couldn't even tell you honestly. Oh, so you one of them? Like <laughs> live in a city, <laughs> ride on the Ford, don't even go over there. That's what's up. We're gonna we're gonna we ain't gonna we ain't gonna Wait, you know we're gonna get it. you involved in yeah, the alumni yeah, chapter or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um so obviously you said you left Clarion? Clarion. Clarion. Mm -hmm. College or university? University. Clarion University, you transferred to Johnson C Smith. <laughs> and um like what do you what did obviously you graduated twenty twelve. Mm -hmm. Um shout out to that your reunion year is coming up. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if you care about that, but anyway. Um <laughs> So did it make you happy, like, right away? Did it take time? Like, talk me through that. Um, I believe it, um, when I transferred, I was nervous. But um, I was happy because it was a different environment for me. Uh, I was, like, starting fresh, starting new. I was nervous coming out onto campus as a transfer student. Didn't stay on campus, so I, was, mm -hmm. I didn't really know too many people. So I was, like, going to class, wasn't all nervous and stuff. But I was happy that I made that transition. Um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good decision. Yeah, yeah. 2012, 2012, uh, elementary education. I'm trying to think, was Dr. Yancey still there or was that Dr. Carter? I can't remember. So you graduate, Carter. Carter still, he was still there. Carter, yeah. Carter came through. Okay, yeah. so you graduate from Smith and then what happened? Like, do you work right away? What what happens? You said, do I work did right Did you away? start working right away? Did you go to grad school? Like what? Yes, yeah, so I did start working. Um, I had did my student teaching and um, I started teaching at Sugar Creek Charter School. So I taught at Sugar Creek Charter School for five years. Um, and then I did get my master's at Strayer University nice. in education management. Nice. You said Sugar Creek? Mm -hmm. Sugar Creek Charter School. Nice, nice, nice. I heard uh, charter schools are different to work at and stuff very like that. Very different. Yeah, I'm used to public high schools. Charter's very different. What's, I guess, just because it's different rules and regulations? Yeah, they kind of do their own thing. Um, it, yeah, it's just different because I did my student teaching at Bruns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know about Bruns. <laughs> so... I was student teaching online, 
all at the same time. So I was like stressed, like yeah. stressed out. So it was a lot, but that school was different. Um, I was like, okay, if I can handle this, I can mm -hmm. handle anything. What is it about education that you love being a part of the, the field? Honestly, um, I've always had a passion for the youth um, and wanted to work with children. But my biggest thing is actually seeing um, the growth and the most challenging students who have challenging behaviors. Because that was one thing I had a strength with was behaviors. Like a lot of teachers used to um, bring their students who had behaviors to me. Mm -hmm. And I was able to connect with those students because it's all about knowing your students. They say this child is flipping out, they're angry, oh, he's this, he's that. But do you know why this child is acting this way? Right. Teachers don't really get to know the students too much. And I was one of those teachers who ate lunch with them, go to their football games, really spend that time with the students to get to Invested. know them. So, yeah, so mm -hmm. that was one thing I really loved and enjoyed about teaching. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I share some of those same passions. Um, obviously, I'm on the high school level, but <clears throat> it's like you said, it's when you start like spending that time with them, mm -hmm. or like, hey, I'm gonna come to your soccer match today, or mm -hmm. you know, I'm gonna support your volleyball fundraiser. Like the relationship changes, you know what I mean? Because they like, yo, he cares, she cares, they care about me. Yeah, and then we had like we would get a group of the teachers to come out and actually support the child in the game, uh, um, students in the games. For stuff. sure, for sure. But you so, said you do high school. Yeah, high school is different. Well, I I started a step team at Sugar Creek Charter School, so I started a step team there, so I had the high school students and middle school students, but I still taught second grade. So, you started that step team? I was the one who did the, mm-hmm. The one that's like... No, that's... Ben, Benson, you're talking about... Am I thinking about the same? Mm -hmm, X-Factor, you're talking yeah, about Yeah, I've seen them. They are out of this world. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. So yeah. I started the original one, and then he ended up doing another one when I was about to leave. So then it just split okay. up. Mm -hmm. So you know how to step? Yes. I don't know how to step. <laughs> and I'm in an I'm, I'm, I'm organization, no rhythm or nothing, but that's that's a bonus episode. So You got to get some rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, when, when you're this tall, I think you, you can't get everything, right? Like LeBron got all that talent, but... It, his losing you his hair. You gotta something now. You just can't just be tall and. I got, uh, I got, I got some good character traits. You know, I know how to talk to people. I know how to, oh, you know, okay. engage and you know. I just, you know, what I think it is. I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> Quick story. As a kid, my mom used to make me dance in front of everybody, like bully me and like do the dance, do the dance. So I'm crying, doing the latest dances. I used to kill it. I, I, think, you, you couldn't dance then? I could. I, okay. I really could. Like, you know, like, I ain't going to say ask my family member because you wouldn't know who that is. <laughs> but, like, there's footage of me dancing. I used to do my thing, but there's also footage of me, like, out there. Like, you know how they do it at kids' parties, what they used to do. Mm -hmm. $20 to the winner. Yeah. You better get out there and get that money. I don't want to do it. You know, I'm shy. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I'm like, I'm good, but I don't dance no more. Because you're too tall. Yeah, I'm too tall. Anyway, <laughs> so... You work in education, you're giving back, you changing lives, you invested all that, but you also have some other things going on that I really brought you on to really talk about. So you're an author? Yes. Let's talk about that. How did you get into becoming an author? Like what are the what's the book or books about? Like let's talk about all that. Go ahead. <laughs> So I've always wanted to write a book um, about my life and my story because I've been through some traumatic experiences as a young child. So I was like, I always wanted to write a book, but I know where to start. 
Um, so I have a nonprofit, a 501c3 organization uh, where I work with the youth and help the youth express themselves through the arts. So I started that organization and I'm like, okay, I wrote a poem and I'm like, there's so much more to tell you know, about my story I want to tell. So I'm like, what do I do? So I decided to um, just start writing my life down on paper. I was like, okay, I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Um, it started off where I was part of this group where it was a group of ladies who was supposed to come together and share their story. And I was at the finish line where I submitted my section of my chapter and everything didn't go quite right um, as far as, you know, the rights and everything. So I said, you know what, I'm going to pull out of it. So once I pulled out of it, I said, you know, my, my story is bigger than just this one section. I have more to tell. So that's when I decided to do my own book. And ever since that, that's when I just... What's the name of the book? Dear Me, Letters to My Younger Self. How can people buy it? Is it on Amazon or something? It is on Amazon, or you can visit my site, which is ShaneeBird.com, and you can purchase it on the site as well. All right, we're going to make sure we link your stuff. At the bottom, and it's in the description and on, like, social media and stuff like that. So... How long did it take you to write, prepare the book? Like, what? Like, I had another author on here. I just like to get different perspectives. Like, how long does it take for a book to get published? Like, like what was that feeling like when you got the hard copy in your hand? Like, talk about that. Um, honestly, when it comes to writing a book, it's really at your pace and your own time. So you can honestly write a book within a month if you really want to, depending on your time. You have to set the time, dedication to put into it. But for me, it took several months to do it, and I was battling back and forth with putting it out because I was afraid of what my family would think. So that's what took me a little longer to put it out. I was like, I don't want my family to be mad at me. I don't want people to judge me. Or, you know, I was just really worried about what other people thought instead of really my healing and how I want to be free. Yeah. So um, that I think that's something that, you know, we all struggle with. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality of it is, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before is like it's the truth yeah you know whether it's embarrassing to me to you to my family to my peers it's the truth it's my pain you know like right. what Kevin Hart was like, laugh at my pain like he's telling stories about his family his mom his dad mm -hmm. his uncles you know what I mean it's like you know depending on where you come from or how you were raised it's it's your story obviously but it's like Man, it's beauty in it, you right. know what I mean? Because it's like, I made it out of all that. I've overcome that. Like, I'm here. And one thing, as an author, once it's on paper, it's on paper. You can't take it back. Right. So that's something you have to consider. If you decide mm -hmm. to tell your story, know that's your story and it's out there now. It's not like I'm sitting here telling you and I'm like, okay, you don't remember what I told you. Mm -hmm. It's literally on paper. Yeah. So that's something to consider. But the process um, was a pretty easy process. I did not self-publish my first book. Um, I'm on my second book right now, which we'll get into, but I did not self-publish that book. So that was an experience for me. So I'm like, now I know what that experience was. Now mm -hmm. my second book, I am self-publishing. Yeah. Um, but it was a great experience. For sure. It's about to be a New York Times bestseller? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. So what's the second book going to be about? It's actually my first children's book. Okay. So I switched it up. So it's actually my first children's book. I'm excited about it. When can we expect it? It was supposed to be June. Mm -hmm. However. Like this month, June. Like this month, June. What you waiting on? What you doing? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to go ahead and push it back probably to the beginning of August. I'll start taking pre-orders um, July. Yeah. And then probably. Like it. children's, like like daycare children's or like a little older? Well, with this book, it's actually, it's called um, Angel Song. And 
this book, I did not put an H on this book because it's actually about a girl getting bullied in school. Mm. But there's so many different lessons within the book. So when I let some of my educator friends read it, they're like, oh my gosh, I can read this to third graders, you know, fourth graders, even yeah. kindergartners because they yeah. have so many lessons within the book. So I actually didn't put an H number on this book. Yeah, I think um, I see a lot of like people from Smith or just peers out there like publishing like children's books. Like mm -hmm. I, I think that's quite dope and um, uh, my stepmom has a daycare so I would love to support that one both of them but support that one for sure because when I see like my peers or people that I know publish children's books I buy it and so she can read them to the kids at the daycare and stuff like that and um, people don't notice too like Scholastic they're lacking black authors and are looking for more black authors and yeah. I'm like people don't know that and a children's book, really, it's not that difficult to do. But you just really have to know what you want to write about. Who going to do the artwork for you? Well, that's what I, I'm, my illustrator is dope. She's real dope. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so I actually met her through a mutual friend um, in Atlanta. Are you familiar with the Nubian bookstore in Atlanta? Not at all. Okay, well, he's real popular. Familiar with the strip clubs in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you you are. In the malls in Atlanta. <laughs> well, not no bookstore. That was random. But um, he's a real popular, uh, it's a real popular bookstore, black owned in Atlanta. And I met with him and he gave me a lot of his connections and I actually yeah. got her. Sorry for that. Sorry. <laughs> Lance, <laughs> see, you, see what happens when I take a break, man? I just start saying stuff. But no, that's what's up, man. Like Atlanta is like a, um, it's just a, it's just like its own world. Like mm -hmm. a talent of just resources, of networking, like. Yes. I mean, it's obvious in music and culture and all of the other ways, but it's like just so much. Like people just want to move Atlanta, and that's, I feel like Texas is about to be the same way for Houston. us. Like Houston, like everybody's Everybody like. I think the people that are tired of Atlanta and don't want to go to Atlanta, they're migrating over to Houston. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us are going to Dallas. Like I know a lot of people in education. Like they recruited a lot of teachers from Charlotte Mecklenburg to go out to Dallas. I think they pay good. They do. They uh -huh. pay. They pay they more. Pay and it, and the cost of living is almost the same, which is mm. weird. But yeah, I think Houston is on the rise. Like I like um, like traveling and just getting new experiences. Yeah, that was one of my questions I forgot to ask you too. Huh. Like, um, you got any trips coming up? Like now that this this virus thing is kind of you know like you plan on going anywhere? Like, um, no, I just got back from Florida. Um, Did you say what part of Florida? Deerfield. Well, you don't even know where that's. <laughs> well, where is that? <laughs> it's right um, next to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. But um, the school I went to to be a certified um, event plant wedding designer. Mm. That school. See how I set that up? We was getting yeah. to that. So. <laughs> but that's where I event took my planner wedding. Yes, weddings, birthday parties. How'd you get into that? Honestly, I was in my, I was um, in the hospital with my daughter. I was sick, and I'm like, you know what? It just popped in my head. Like I want to do. I've always had a um, passion to do, but I never just did it. So I was literally in my bed. I'm like, you know, what? I want to start an event rental business. Actually, it's an event rental business where we rent out tables, chairs, tents, and everything. So that's how it started. Mm -hmm. But my vision was bigger than that. But I'm like, okay, I'll start that. And then I was like, you know what? When I did my first event, they wanted me to set up the whole party. So I'm like, you know what? That's another stream of income within that business. Yeah. So people don't understand event planning. There's so many different avenues you can go with events, with rentals, decor. Yeah. 
I'm going to need that deposit, though, early, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We ain't doing nothing to take it back. <laughs> but why, you know, we laugh at that, but why is that important? Like, you know, in that in that industry, like, for people to deposit and stuff like that well, to, to, well, your org- to your company? Well, I learned the hard way. Yeah. Um, I didn't start going out until recently until I have different, my mentors, I have several mentors within that business yeah. and are teaching me that. And um, it's important because if you don't put a, take a deposit down, they can go ahead and get all your services and then they'll cancel on you and say they're going to go with someone else. So mm-hmm. they'll get all your ideas. You'll come up with the whole plan, give them the spreadsheet. And they're like, okay, now I'm going to go with this other yeah. planner. And it's like, okay, no. So even if they do cancel on you, at least you had your deposit down. And usually you Non-refundable. Yes, yeah, so that's why you always put non-refundable when you send over your invoices yep. to them. How do you deal with, I guess, customers saying like, you know what, this is too high? Like, do you feel like I should lower my price? Like, because it's, it's, we all deal with this, you know. Brother Lance over here, he rents out his studio. He does podcasts with people. I'm sure he's heard all kind of, like, things when he mentioned numbers. Of course, I hear stuff with my merch and other stuff. It's, it's a part of the business, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's too high. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can go over here. Well, but how do you deal with that? Um, I had to learn the hard way again. I think as new business owners, we all can say you want to build your portfolio. Everyone yeah. wants to say, I want to get my name out there. I want to just let everybody know what I can do. So let me go ahead and take these. I only charge you $20 for this or only charge you 500 for this. Really, when it's worth 1000 or $2,000. Right. Um, but that's when we got to stop cutting ourselves short. And I had to learn that the hard way. I had, an, I had a customer whose budget was only $1,000. And it was just a dinner party. But as an event planner, I wanted to, you know, you're thinking about the decor, like, oh, I can't use these chairs. I need to get these chairs. But she was like, she don't want to pay the money for those chairs. Mm-hmm. But me, because I'm thinking of my portfolio, I'm thinking of when I take my pictures, I got to put it out there. I purchased the chairs myself. Mm-hmm. Learned the hard way. Yeah. Um, but other things I did too. But with customers like that, you just have to really ask them their budget right away. Yep. And you have to fit their budget. You know, and I had to know. I'm like, okay, if your budget is a thousand dollars, what you can get for it. I feel like that's also a negotiating tactic too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go into it, like, hey, what's your budget? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I can give me your figure, what you're mm-hmm. comfortable with, and I can tell you what I can offer based on that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like that's the ultimate thing, like, to negotiate in something like that. And then you may throw some things in there just because. But right. I had some customers where their budget was low. But I'm like, oh, my vision is different. Now, what about, it's my favorite category to ask uh-huh. people about, the homie discount. Friends and family. You know, what, what, what's her na- nickname? Oh. Nay, nay. Come on. I know you're from the neighborhood. Strike three. I know you're from the neighborhood. Now, for real, though. Like, um, come on. Like, what you talking about? Like, a deposit? Like, I'm good for it. You laughing, though, but it's a real thing. So, so. I think you have to know your worth and set your standard um, because even though they're family, they're friends, they'll go pay such and such that same amount of money. So you have to treat it like a business, mm-hmm. not like they're your friends. Right. And even with my friends and my family, I send them their invoices. I say, okay, treat them like send them their emails. Thank you for choosing Lovebirds. You really have to treat it like a business because it's not going to take you serious if you do not. Right. And I did do like my um, best friend's mother's 50th. I traveled from here to Pittsburgh because that's where I'm from. And 
she paid for most of it. I did, but I still did the core. You know, so certain things like mm-hmm. that you can work with. You'll look out a little bit. Yeah, look out a little bit. But, but you got to understand, this is my business. Exactly. We cool and all that, but that's my business. Yeah, so I don't, my mother will say, <laughs> I had to do it at my mother's friend's party. And she said, all right, look out for her. Give her a discount. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm mm. not looking out for nobody because I still have to pay bills. I still have to provide for my business. So why am I giving them discounts and yeah. they'll go pay somebody else a regular price? So. It's tough because, like, you know, whether it's friends, family, whomever, like, um, anytime, like, I post something new, item or something like that, it's going to be at least three to five people that, like, bro, look out, let me get one, you know? <laughs> I used to just be like, yeah, here's the website, but right. I already know they're not going to use it. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, yo, like, bring one to work tomorrow, bro. I need that, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm obviously I'm in this like you know high school space now, and a few of my players follow me. They be like, "Bez, let me get one," you know what I'm saying? I'm like, "No, man, I can't," <laughs> you know. But I have that. It's a it's an opportunity. It's a teachable moment to be right. like, you know, here's why I cannot give it to you. Now, if it if we can make two plus two twenty two, meaning like if I feel like you're an influencer. And you got a little, you know, a little following, or you yeah, going to this event, different. you trying to rock a shirt. We could talk about it, you know what I'm saying. But if you just want it, just to have it, nah, nah. <laughs> because that one I could sell to somebody else, and you know, I believe in multiplication. Like, oh, where'd you get that from? Where'd you get that hat? And then next thing you know, you know, you got more business. But it's very hard to deal with because you love these people, you admire these people, but it's like. You gotta respect my business. Like we cool over here, mm-hmm. but over here you gotta address me as such. And that's how it is with um, the event business because you'll have friends who will text you, "Hey, mm-hmm. how much is your chairs? How much do you charge per hour?" And I had to start redirecting them and say, "Hey, go to my website and fill out the questionnaire form." And it works that way. Yeah. I feel so much better when I say, "Go ahead and fill out the questionnaire," and then I get back to them as a regular customer. Yeah. And they respect that. So I think it's just letting them know up front just how you're going to run your business. Because mm-hmm. once you start letting people go outside of your website and for things like that, they're going to continue to do it. Or they'll tell the other person, just text her, she'll answer you. So I think you just have to set that tone. I ask most people this, but why do you think they do that with you and not on the other side? Like haggle and, oh man, we friends, you know. Why don't, why they... Well, I think it's just because they're comfortable with who you are. And like I said, if they know you, they know your personality and how you, you know, oh, she's, she's a sweetheart. She'll let you go. Or, you know, that's my yeah. friend. She looked out for me this time, that time. They're not used to that business part. Mm-hmm. But that's up to you to set that standard and be like, okay, no. Okay, you're my friend. You're my mother. You're my sister. But this is my business. And you right. have to learn how to cut that cord and be like, okay, strictly business. So tables, decor, what else you said? That y'all offer? Oh, so with the event planning business, we have um, tables, chairs, we rent out tents, um, all type of linens, centerpieces. Um, I'm assuming you keep all this in a storage space. Yes, which is actually getting too full. (laughs) So, yes, we do have a storage space. What size tents y'all have? uh, 10 by 10. Um, That's what I have right now. But I really don't like doing the tents right now because it's a lot with tents. You come and set it up for them? Yeah, we okay. do. So the one we set up, one fell down and broke. So I'm like, eh. You really have to get the good, good quality tents. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are expensive. 
But um, we do the letters, you know, we need letters and numbers and different things like that for your events. We do have that as well. Right. And then we have, um, I have a band I work with. So all my events, I work with my live band. Like I have an event this Friday, this Friday tomorrow. Where at? Mr. Charles Chicken and Fish. Yeah, which one? In Harrisburg. So they have an event space now. Nice. They be getting down old school. Yeah. The so player players be out there. <laughs> Come here, young girl. I'm going to buy you a fish plate. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's Feel Good Friday. Okay. So we do live music and have a singer coming out there and everything. No more breaks for me, Lance. All right, yeah, I like Mr. Charles, man. No more breaks for you? Nah. <laughs> but it's cool, though. So yeah. you should come out tomorrow. I mean. See, never mind. There you go. Never Harrisburg, mind. you know, is it still a gas shortage? Because uh, that's like, the, well, shit, I got to stop at a rest stop to get out there. No, you'll be fine. There's a gas station right, like, Lance, there, Harrisburg? <laughs> It's past Concord, past. It's right there off Concord. Dog, that's far. It's not too far. You'll be there in no time. I'm going to let y'all know by the time this air. Uh, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm having a good time, though. I'm glad you're on here. Um, you know, one thing, uh, going circling back to school real quick, like, mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, we, we both work in education. I'm on the high school side. There's a strong push for our community to go to HBCUs. Like, how do you feel about that? You say you have a daughter? Mm-hmm, she's two. She's two? Is that your only? I have an eight-year-old Okay, so you have? Two children. Okay, I'm good at math, two and eight. <laughs> um, like, are you already thinking ahead, you know, from your experience, from the two schools, as, as in this space, like, they gotta go to HBCUs? Like, where are you at with it? Um, honestly, I think anybody, as a parent, would like to say, okay, my child, I'm not going to say anybody, but most parents are like, you going to school, you doing this, you doing that. I'm at the point where I experienced it. Um, I have seen where college, you can go to college and then end up working at a whole nother job that's not in your field and still make great money. Yep. Um, I'm not going to say I'm forcing my children to go to HBCU. I would like for them to... Um, you know, look into it, but I wouldn't say I would say you have to go to HBCU. Yeah. But that would be an option. Like, hey, you should look into it, do your research. I want mm -hmm. them to do their research and not just say your mother went to HBCU, so I want yeah. you to go to HBCU. I want no, them to have I, I a get mind that. of their own. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, I asked that question because today, I, um, you know, it was graduation, so you're asking kids, like, what's the next step? What you doing? Where you going? And I just assumed that this one kid was going to follow his brother to A&T. He was like, he gave me this look like, nah, I ain't going to college. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like a look of like, he's probably tired of people asking him because the mm -hmm. assumption is his mom went to college, his brother is up there. He was like, nah, I'm going straight to work. But I think, you know, I think we're about to see a shift. Yeah, people are going to still go to college. Mm -hmm. But I think some of these young people post this, they tired of school. Mm -hmm. They are tired. These last year and a half, two years, it's going to be about, work and go to a trade like yep. right away or get a trade while you're in school to like go fulfill that i think we're about to see a shift a lot of entrepreneurship yeah as well. that too this pandemic that's one thing i did love there were so many businesses got mm -hmm. started that was it was amazing to see so many people actually being able to sit back and see what they can do because when you're working your nine to five you don't have time yeah to focus on what you want to do it's like you're right. worried about your job speaking of time what one thing I thought of was balance, right? You're talking about you got the school thing, 
um, you got two little ones, um, your author, event planner, like how do you, like what does your pie look like on a weekly basis as far as like your time, right? Like family, and I know it changes, work, business, you know, just self-care, whatever, mm-hmm. like what does that look like on the day-to-day, week-to-week? Um, well, let's talk about today, because like today, obviously you work and you're here, but then you're going to leave here and probably go home, obviously, right? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm always out and about. Um, but my normal schedule, usually I, I'm at work and then I go get my son from school and then go back to work, <laughs> drop him off at home, then go back to work. And then um, I usually try to work out after work because I've been into fitness. I've been slacking lately. But um, try to get my self-care as far as fitness in. And then I'm a life coach as well, so I have clients where I'm teaching them how to write a book. So I do some classes in between there or check up on them. And then I fit in event planning. So it's really, it's a hectic schedule. But I did start having more balance where I have certain days. Like I tell my husband, I go get the, um, my daughter from daycare on Tuesdays and Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays so he can work in the studio. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of creating that balance. So that's working for me because then I'm not doing that. I'm working out while he go get the kids. So Communication. Making yeah. it all work. I like that. I like that a lot. You say he's in the studio. What is he doing in the studio? Um, he's a producer. He does music. Nice. Mm-hmm. Tell him I got a, a demo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was signing No Talent Records. Oh, they really? No Talent Records? That's why they dropped you. No talent records. Well, that's why they signed me because you ain't got to have talent. <laughs> no, they probably dropped everybody because they ain't nobody got no talent. No, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, as, we, as, we, uh, as we close out here, I'd like to ask um, this question. How do you measure success, right, with your businesses? Like, again, this is the Keep the Money on the Floor podcast. This is one of my hallmark questions if I want to ask nothing else because we all look at success differently. Some mm-hmm. look at it as impact, some look at it as dollar signs, some look at it as like tax brackets, but how do you measure success with, you know, being an author, event planner, etc.? I'm going to be honest with you. Please. Everyone look at me and say, oh my God, you're doing so great. You're so successful. This is not, to me, I'm, I'm okay. Like I, I'm not where I want to be. So to me, that's not my success. I mean, it's okay to have a book uh, published. Until I can actually start seeing the profit from it and I can say I can sit back and say, okay, I'm comfortable and I can leave my job and work for myself, that's success to me. Got it. So that's it, how it's I look at it's it. on, it's an ongoing thing. That's yeah, what I what ongoing. I gathered from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean little thing of course success, you know, yeah. you got this done. Okay, that's small, small yeah. celebration, but I feel like keep going. Yeah. I um I think this is a perfect way to like put another scoop on what you just said. I was listening to this Nas clip before I came in, and he was like, Nas the rapper, of course. Mm-hmm. He was like, most of these new artists, they want to get to icon status like right away. They want to be Tupac. They want to mm-hmm. be Jay. But he was like, you can't skip those in-between steps. Like, you just want to get to the, the, the Mount Rushmore of whatever it is. But he's like, no, you got to go through the process of like, empty shows, bad albums, mm-hmm. bad, you know, whatever to get to that because every artist has been there. You know right. what I mean? And like that's, again, like that's the problem with this. I think this generation is like 
we all want instant success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We talk about I talked about this on the podcast before I asked this man. I said, man, I've never done this before. I'm excited, but like, how do I measure this? And he told me, he's like, we not don't worry about the numbers till you like 20, 25 episodes in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now we started out good. And he was like, that's great. But he was like, don't really measure this thing yet. And he was perfect with his timing because that's when the number starts uh, peaking and going up. So just saying all that to say what you just said, like, you have to go through the process. People will emulate the end result, but they don't emulate the process. Nobody want to go through what you went through Mm -hmm. to get here, to be an author, to be a whatever, whatever, whatever. So I like what you said. Um, Give us your social medias. Give us your websites. Tell us how we can buy the book. Tell them how we can get the fish plate and listen to the band. <laughs> All that. So plug plug everything. Plug it. Plug it. Um, so you can, um, to purchase my book, um, Dear Me, Letters to My Younger Self, you can visit ShanaeBird.com. And that's S-H-A-N-A-I, Bird, B-Y-R-D.com. And once you go on that site, you can actually purchase that book. And honestly, if you want to get to my other businesses at the bottom of the site, I have them at the bottom where you can click on it and it'll go straight to those websites. But for my event planning business, it is lovebirdevents.com. And that's love and birth with a Y, B-Y-R-D-S. Now, we need to create a a 10% off code, code (laughs) Nene, if you listen to this podcast. (laughs) And on social media... um, Facebook, it is um, for the event planning business, LB Events NC, and that's on Instagram as well. So Facebook and Instagram is LB Events NC. What about TikTok? I don't do TikTok. Me either. I don't have Twitter. I got Twitter. Twitter's good. I just start using Instagram. <laughs> don't <laughs> Facebook laugh is at your me. thing. Facebook works for you, right? It does. It's just. See, it's, I'm more the gram than yeah. any other ones. I'm still learning the gram. Uh, yeah. I feel like Facebook is like old. Oh, I feel like Facebook is like driving to Harrisburg. Ooh. That was a bar. You, you missed it. This has been another episode no, of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. <laughs> I'm back, Lance. I ain't rusty. Um, no, in all seriousness, I appreciate you. Um, you coming on the pod, uh, and we wish you, you know, nothing but success. We don't go call it luck. Nothing but success. And Keep on grinding and, you know, everybody go support her. You know, everybody like to have cookouts and functions and where I'm from, they call them cabarets, parties. You know, you need some linen, some chairs, you know, outside back open. Get a tent. Um, But yeah, we appreciate you. And uh, this has been another episode of the Keep the Money on the Ford podcast with Shanae. We out. Thank you.